The J&K Podcast is brought to you by CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. We strive to create a product that embodies our passion for professional wrestling expressed through street fashion. Make sure to use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and receive yourself a sweet 10% off your entire order from CollarAndElbowBrand.com. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here on the JNK Podcast, powered by the Grill Position in the Roar Network. Another What's up, guys? week has come and gone here, Carl. There's actually some uh, some interesting stuff uh, that has happened around the professional swing world, not just in WWE-related. Uh, things are going to be a kind of a mixed bag uh, going around here. And, um, yeah, just WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, lots of stuff going on right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of un folds over some time because there's a really cool thing that i think maybe we weren't i don't think really anybody was kind of expecting that kind of came out of nowhere too so there's there's actually a couple of things that have really (laughs) just kind of come out of nowhere over this last week or so uh in the world of professional wrestling and like you said today's going to be kind of a mixed bag of a whole bunch of different things a whole bunch of different promotions and yeah like this is just going to be another step forward in the world of professional wrestling and hopefully for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Now, just recently now to lead into our uh, audio clip for the, for this episode here, Daniel Bryan and Kane getting back together and forming team hell. No, now on the, I believe on our last episode, we uh, showed the, uh, the Bailey and Sasha um, bit with a, uh, Going through some counseling, and you had actually alluded to, to this particular one, so we're going to play the last bit of this, and this is uh, Kane talking about his experiences growing up. Is there anything you'd like to tell the group about yourself? I'm the devil's favorite demon. Great. Uh, so tell us, Kane, what makes you angry? Please, Kane, we're here to help, so maybe... Start from your childhood. Remember, sharing is caring. This is a bad idea. Well, I grew up locked in a basement, suffering severe psychological and emotional scarring when my brother set my parents on fire. From there, I shifted around among a series of mental institutions until I was grown, at which point I buried my brother alive, twice. Since then, I've set a couple of people on fire and abducted various co-workers. Oh, and I uh, once electrocuted a man's testicles. Years ago, I had a girlfriend named Katie, but uh, let's just say that that didn't turn out so well. My real father is a guy named Paul Bearer, who I recently trapped in a meat locker. I've been married, divorced, broke up my ex-wife's wedding and tombstone the priest. And for reasons never quite explained, I have an unhealthy obsession with torturing Pete Rose. Okay, maybe we should call it a day. Um, Next week, I want you to all practice expressing your anger in a healthy, creative way. So I'd like you all to make an anger collage. Okay? See you next time. Anger collage? 
What the hell is an anger collage? Wait, is this therapy or is this arts and crafts? Are you even a real doctor? Come on, you look like Mr. Rogers with a cheap sweater and horrible pants. So there you go you with Daniel Bryan and Kane going through some counseling and some funny stuff there. Like the uh, the one with Sasha and Bailey, it was kind of dry because, well, quite frankly, Bailey and Sasha were just kind of sitting there, not saying anything. You know, with uh, Daniel and, and Kane, I was just you have such a, you know, two very unique personalities that are very, very different from each other and they, they play off each other well. And th- there's actually some good comedy there as well, too. So it just it, it works on so many different levels. So seeing them coming back. I thought was was kind of neat, actually. It was all just really good. Back then, when they first did this, back like 2012, it was just really good interaction between the two of them. And it it just, it seemed to really flow. Like the two of them really worked together very, very nicely. And fast forward now to today. I I understand. I get it. It was something that that worked back then. Mm Mm-hmm. But why are we rehashing this again? I mean, Daniel Bryan's come back from being injured, having surgery, out for years. And now he's back, and we're going to throw him into a shtick again? It really does feel like since Daniel's come back that they just kind of, everything that he's been involved with previously, it just feels like they're just like throwing everything up against the wall and just kind of seeing what sticks with him. Like every everything that he's you know, minus the the wide family stuff, it just it feels like let's just get in with as much with Daniel now while we can. I think what they really should have done was just let Daniel Bryan go out there, wrestle, and be Daniel Bryan. And when, and also what they should have done is and and they were going down that right path before is they should have right away kicked off the feud with Miz because yes. that's what you were working towards with, and it's like they forgot about it. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to take into account the Miz has kind of moved on a little bit. He's got different feuds and different stuff going on. He's got the new TV show that he's doing yep. with uh, with Maurice. So, I mean, I, I, I get that. You're right, though. I think that they really should have kind of alluded to that past and maybe kind of gone and continued on with that a little bit more. But you could still have Miz. Yeah, he, he's at home or really. But folks, we have video. Ca- we still have video cameras. We have ways. You you show Miz like f- even from home. Like you have him go after Daniel. You you start building up something. Even though he can't currently wrestle, you still have tons of opportunity to, to do stuff with vignettes and whatnot. You know? it, you're right. They do. But I mean, right now, I don't know how long the Miz is going to be out for. I don't know how long he's going to be off of television for. Right. True, so yeah. it could be that that. Possibly they are actually going to be going to do this, but so. they're waiting until it's a little bit closer so that it's not a super long, drawn-out mm-hmm. thing between Daniel Bryan and The Miz, right? Because honestly, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want a year-long draw-out for, no. for this. I would love to see Daniel Bryan and The Miz do a three-month thing. Done. Just get in there intense, intense. full force, three months, and then it's done. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's uh, there's some potential for good to be had there, but uh, I think that if they they wait a little too long to to kind of capitalize on this, it's not going to be quite as good as as it should be. Let's put it that way. Now, going from that to something kind of a mixture of uh, of WWE and Ring of Honor New Japan. Um, well, let's just uh, look at uh, at the Twitter post here. Um. This was right from Matt Hardy's 
Twitter account, Woken Matt Hardy, hashtag. What are these fantastical fancies that you speak of, bucks of youth? And this is basically Matt Hardy hinting at that basically um, this all started, I guess, something that uh, Matt Jackson actually said, that uh, how cool would it be to win the WWE Tag Team Championship belts and not even have to perform on one of their shows? Now, there's a picture that shows Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy and then the, the Young Bucks right beside them. How cool would this be to have a match? Like, you could even do title for titles even if you want to, but to, to see the Raw Tag Team Champions versus the Young Bucks at All In. Well, I just want to um, kind of give a little bit more to the Matt Hardy tweet that went out. So just as you had said, they had all of that, and then, you know, what do you speak of there, Bucks of Youth? <laughs> and then there's a, a break, and then underneath that, it has September 1st with a question mark. Yep. Now... Yeah, all in. It's the day for all in. Really? Like, this is just adding to a whole lot of speculation between possible contract signings, possible events, possible matches going on, and, and different stuff like that. And, like, honestly, if this were to happen, I think the roof would be blown off completely what a way for wwe to get some of their numbers back up you know to involve the young bucks i mean the in my personal humble opinion one of the hottest tag teams in the business right now yeah to have them involved with something to do with wwe numbers will go way up on viewership especially if they were to invade like a like if they were to do like we had talked before uh, recording the episode here about maybe even doing like an outsider's kind of angle with the young bucks coming into wwe i mean holy crap would you ever like people would be calling each other like we used to do back in the day hey this is on uh, wrestling right now you got you can turn onto this channel and watch this you know go you know uh, very similar to when uh, NWO uh, debuted in WCW, like their viewership went from you know being kind of stable to like a whole bunch of people tuning in to see this kind of happening with Hulk Hogan turning heel. Um, I mean, yeah, that'd be it would have the wrestling world just on fire if this were to happen. A hundred percent, it would. And I mean, there's a number of different ways that things could happen with yep. this, and 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 I I honestly think that. And I know that I talked earlier about rehash and, and why are we rehashing something. Yep. But I think you're right. In this case, a rehash of an old storyline like The Outsiders coming in would 100% work and be the talk of the world. Mm-hmm. Not just the wrestling community, but it's going to be the talk of the world. Yeah, well, like I had mentioned, uh, looking back on those WCW days, like when Lex Luger, well, you know, actually before uh, Hall and Nash showed up, Luger showed up, and uh, I remember seeing that, you know, kind of, I, I believe I saw that, uh, well, it wasn't live, because I, I don't think that, uh, that, that was Nitro, I can't remember if they were recording live at that point, but needless to say, when I, when I saw that, it was like, why is there a WWF at the time, guys yeah. showing up on WCW? I didn't know what was going on, and it just it blurred those lines for me. Now I know this day and age, that's that's a lot more difficult to do, just because there's so many marks out there and smart marks and people like us who have some insider knowledge and whatnot. So it's it's harder to pull that kind of thing off. But I mean, I just it's one of those things where I'm excited to see what can be done with this. 
because the, the sky is the limit. I mean, and, and like I had mentioned too, if WWE could somehow get uh, you know partial at least partial rights, you know, to some of that Bullet Club stuff, I mean, wow, and that. Wow. That would be amazing. Now, I, I think, though, that with that, you would need to kind of, I mean, you couldn't just have it as the Young Bucks coming in with the Bullet Club moniker. I think, unfortunately, you would need to have a few more members of Bullet Club yeah. to come in and kind of have that. Bullet Club moniker and be able to really run with mm-hmm. that brand because that's what it is. It's a brand. Um, but having the Young Bucks mm-hmm. just on their their own come in, why not give them the Elite mm. moniker? Yeah, right, could be something too. Yeah, because that's what they're using right now, anyways. Yep, they've got their own YouTube show. Mm-hmm. They're doing all of this stuff on their own. They've got the elite. Mm-hmm. If you haven't taken a look at the Young Bucks, go to Wikipedia, um, go to Google, wherever you have to, and look up the Young Bucks, and just take a look at the championship title reigns that these guys have had mm-hmm. not just with one specific company, multiple different companies. And for them to use that elite moniker, 100% it works and it's legitimate. I mean, and if you could bring some of uh, the other people in the group over, like a chase, the ones like a Tomatonga, for example, you know, it could help some of those other people as well. Like, could you imagine, I mean, you know, Roman Reigns, maybe be able to, to team up with Tomatonga. And there would be something I think maybe could give Roman a boost. Because, I mean, if you, when you look at the two of them, you can see that Tomatonga is, I think, maybe what kind of WWE was kind of hoping Roman was going to be. Because you have a guy who's very, very similar. Um, but, I mean, just, like, intensity. When you watch Tomatonga in a match, like, he's just, he's intense. Like, he, he stays on top of the guy. He's exciting to watch. Voice-wise, like he's, it, it's almost kind of comical because you see this big kind of guy, and he almost has like a high-pitched kind of voice. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, there's a bit of a comedy factor there, maybe to be had. But I mean, I'll go as far as saying, next WrestleMania, I would want to see Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Undisputed Area in a tag team match at WrestleMania. Something like that would just be mind-blowing for something like that to potentially happen down the road, right? Definitely, it would. I, I just want to kind of go with the uh, with the uh, Tomatonga thing here for a second. Because yeah. we'll get more to them after. I don't believe that even Tomatonga would be able to help elevate Roman Reigns. If you I can do that. I honestly think, if from all the other people that have gone out yeah. there and tried, I, do, I, I don't think that Tomatonga can do it. Because it'd be almost like literally, almost and kind of literally like the Usos like on steroids essentially because yeah. <laughs> they're brothers and um yeah you could uh yeah like you said if that wouldn't work i <laughs> I, th- I thought i was fresh out of ideas before but you know i keep trying to think of stuff to, to help roman out that's one of those things if that were wouldn't work and maybe to even bring like haku or something as like a manager or, or to kind of oversee them then yeah i mean i have to go searching for ideas again yeah to see about that one <laughs> because uh but yeah i mean there, it, it's um a lot of, a lot of this is, is speculation uh, you know the majority of this is speculation to deal with this but i mean it would be so cool to see this kind of scenario happen or some version of it to happen, you know? And like I said, even even if it was just the Young Bucks, what a shot in the arm it would be to, to WWE to have these guys involved. 
Definitely would. Now, you had spoken of, uh, you know, different scenarios and different things that could happen with this. I want to kind of throw something out there. Um, We're looking at September 1st, right? September 1st is all in. Mm -hmm. So now, if we're going to have something going on with the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt at all in, Mm -hmm. could there be a possibility that the Young Bucks and maybe, let's say, Kenny Omega and Marty Skrull or Kenny Omega and Cody or something like that, could there be a possibility of having a Bullet Club versus, and I think I I, I said this earlier, a Vince Club that would be cool. at Survivor Series? That would be a really amazing Survivor Series main event to have... The Bullet Club versus WWE's version of the club, you know. I mean, it would just it would be one big Bullet Club reunion. Number one, oh, yeah. especially <laughs> if you would have like AJ and the Good Brothers and uh, Finn Balor, you know, versus the Bullet Club. I mean, it would just be yeah. It just it, it gets me almost excited just thinking of even being remotely a possibility. Oh yeah. So, we can hope, and you know, and hopefully, if uh, WWE or people, because I mean, before you know behind the curtain a little bit here before Podbean changed the, the way their stats are. We saw some viewership and some listenership coming in for some very interesting places, you know, namely Google headquarters. There appeared to be somebody listening to us from Google headquarters and somewhere in Stanford, Connecticut. I saw one uh, pop up there where they listened to a handful of episodes. So there's a, a possibility that WWE listens to this program. And if you do find a way to make this happen <laughs> and you will see your fan base and your viewership just go, through the roof. It would. If you can involve the Bull Club in WWE. Definitely. All right. I think we're going to take a little bit of a break here, Carl, and we're going to listen to some people who strongly endorse the JK podcast. This is CWE champion Hotshot Danny Duggan, and you're listening to my preferred podcast, the JK podcast. Make sure to check us out live on our next tour as CWE presents WWE legend Brutus the Barber Beefcake October 22nd to November 21st on the Strutman Cutting Tour. This is ECW original, the enforcer, C.W. Anderson. I'm listening and always listen to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl, not only because I'm an Anderson, because these guys are extreme. All right, Big Joe and Carl Carafell back here on the JK Podcast. As you just heard from our fan Danny Duggan, C.W. coming back here in November with the Strutton Cutting Tour. We're going to have a chance in person here to meet Bruce Bar Beefcake and Matt Taven from Ring of Honor. Really looking forward to meeting Matt and hopefully you'll be able to maybe hear something from him on this program. And of course, our friend C.W. Anderson, who we had the chance to interview back when this was known as Turnbuckle Talk. That's right. So now we're going to get into a little bit, a couple more topics before we wrap up the episode here. But uh, something that we're going to get, it actually kind of has to do a little bit with what we were just talking about. And this was uh, the G1 that happened in San Francisco with New Japan. And there was quite a bit that happened with this, but I think we're going to, you know, try to hit on some few key points here. Now, one of the the big ones that, that you know, has, you know, social media and everything going quite a bit is uh, having to do with good old JR. Jim Ross. Jim Ross, who, you know, has done 
some commentating for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And why not? I mean, he's one of the most respected color commentators in the business. I mean, I don't think there'd be any wrestling fan that would ever argue with that statement. No. Just because, you know, especially with people our age, you know, in uh, early, mid, late 30s, getting close to 40s, that, I mean, he, you know, commentated some of uh, our favorite moments growing oh, yeah. up as kids and uh, as fans and whatnot. So to see him, you know, crossing over and doing stuff with New Japan, I mean, it's just, it's super cool in my opinion. But there was a little bit of an issue that happened with the uh, match that uh, where this kind of happened, and uh, the best way I can kind of describe it to you, because I, I I could show a video, but I mean that would do nobody <laughs> do any benefit to, <laughs> with an audio podcast here. Essentially, there was a spot done. You, know, you have your commentary table, and you have the uh, the steel barriers, which New Japan still uses. They don't use the big super padded barriers like WWE uses. And there was basically like a suplex done into this barrier, and it pushed the barrier back into the commentary desk, and on the edge of the commentary desk, hitting Jr. supposedly in the rib area and knocking him backwards off of his chair. And then you hear in the, not subtly in the background Josh Barnett doing commentary with Jr. Yep. saying you bleep explicit yeah up, <laughs> and then Josh gets into the ring and confronts Jay White, uh, the person who was kind of responsible for this kind of thing, and. Yeah, I mean, and Josh, of course, no stranger to the professional wrestling world. Um, yeah, it was just one of those moments where it's, um, I think it's still kind of up in the air as to whether this is a work or a shoot or not. Yeah, it's definitely really, really weird. Um, and right now it's kind of blurred lines because I'm, I'm sitting here going, was that supposed to happen or was that not supposed to happen? Yeah. Um, were they on the wrong side of the table? Was it supposed to be done, uh, you know, uh, to Josh? Was Josh the one that was supposed to maybe get it in the ribs and fall back and then get up and get into the ring and confront to maybe start building a storyline for something? And they just kind of had to improvise and go from there and, you know, still kind of go out to maybe build a storyline or something. But, was JR really supposed to be included in that with everyone really knowing about the health issues and, you know, over the last few years, the different medical concerns that he's had. From what I'm seeing now, this is, you know, coming from JR's angle and, you know, regardless of the person, you know, when things are kind of looked at from a perspective, like things get kind of uh, skewed in a certain direction, but, uh, JR's business. Yes, absolutely. And, from what I'm seeing is that supposedly this was a planned spot. Now, whether he was supposed to be involved in it directly or indirectly at all, don't really know, but I guess this was something that was planned, but he was not informed that it was going to happen or that he was going to be involved in it. Okay. So that's the, the word that I'm kind of seeing. So I'm, I'm inclined to believe JR just because, I mean, why not? Yeah. Cause he, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where hopefully there aren't any long-term uh, side effects from this because, uh, like I said, you know, he's one of, one of my personal favorites when it comes to commentating matches, you know, especially in the, in the old school WWF days. I mean, it was pretty intense to be able to see and, and kind of shocking, but um, we, we can let you know that he finished out the rest of the night and Absolutely. continued to do commentary and sounded as though he was still the same good old JR. Mm. Um, but again, like I said, Jim Ross is business and you could be stabbed in the stomach and your guts bleeding out and Jim Ross will still sit there 
and commentate. Yeah. Right? If if he's cut open, he doesn't care. He's going to still sit there and commentate because he's business. Yeah. Right? And he'll even do his best to try and cover for, you know, things that are kind of questionable. And he'll still try and sell the crap out of it. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and there, there are some great talkers who have been able to pull, like, a good example involving, uh, let's go with uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, who unfortunately is no longer with us, when it came to that whole gobbledygooker kind of storyline. Mm. And uh, there was an interview that he did. It was like, never have I ever tried to cover for such a bleeping bleeping whatever he said uh, idea it's like he tried so hard and i still couldn't get that over i think the only person that could have maybe have gotten that over maybe jr yeah get people to believe it but uh, he's he's just he's that good where he can just say in whatever kind of situation he can make it believable and get you invested in oh, it yeah you know and we're you know it's a rare trait you know we're starting to see it uh, i think especially in ring of honor you know with the uh, with ian and colt doing commentary those two guys get me so invested that i don't I find like when I'm watching a Ring of Honor program, I just I get invested and I just I I'm watching the wrestling kind of happen. Whereas opposed, you know, to the WWE now, whether the, you know, maybe the commentary thing has something to kind of do with this, but I find myself really kind of analyzing the WWE stuff too much instead of just sitting there and kind of appreciating watching the wrestling. Whereas you know you have Ring of Honor where I can just kind of watch and enjoy. I wanna I wanna kind of open up a little bit on that, and and I kind of have to agree with you. Um, when I'm watching even even Impact, yeah. right? If I'm watching Impact or I'm watching New Japan or I'm watching Ring of Honor, um, I, I really, I enjoy the commentary and, and I actually sit there and I'll listen to the commentary um, because whoever they have working together really meld and work together. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, also a big, big thing that also happened with New Japan is regarding the Bullet Club again. And this uh, involves Tomatonga again and his brother and King Haku. Haku. Their dad. Turning on the Bullet Club and f- basically forming like their own. They're still kind of referring themselves as, bull- as Bullet Club, but part of this, uh, I believe that they're calling it the Firing um, Firing squad. squad. Firing Squad. That's correct. And yeah, did not see that coming. I think I thought if anybody was going to turn, it might have been Cody, especially after losing, but just out of nowhere with those two. Out of nowhere. It really was, and it was pretty intense. I mean, you had three guys, and really only two when it comes to the Tongans. Mm-hmm. Like, you had the two of them with King Haku, who was doing just kind of a couple spots here and there, but they essentially took out the entire Bullet Club. Yeah. You name it, like, everybody, even Cody and Marty and Chase Owens... Kenny Omega, like nobody was left out of this. No. It just, uh, they made a big statement here. And, you know, whether it's going to be, you know, are they going to basically from like a different faction, kind of like with like the, the Wolf Pack with the NWO days, remains to be seen. Because they're not saying that they're out of Bullet Club. And we're still using this moniker of the Bullet Club is fine. Bullet Club's still fine. Well, I think the only one that was really left out was Bad Luck Fale. Yes. He was the only one. Yeah, very notable to see that Bad Luck Fale was was not there and left out of this. Um, But at the very end of the show, after this beatdown had happened, the Tongans were up at the top of the ramp. And they they were essentially saying there is no leader to Bullet Club. We are Bullet Club. Yep. That's essentially it, mm-hmm. right? Like they're saying, you know, Cody, Kenny, this crap is done. There is no leader to Bullet Club. Bullet Club is Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. This is family right here. 
this is legit family between the two of or the three of us, but entirely this is family mm-hmm. and there is no leader. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see. And I think, uh, I think you're right. They may be kind of going with a little bit of a kind of wolf pack, uh, you know, kind of NWO wolf pack thing mm-hmm. that hopefully works out. I mean, bad luck fall a being this missing link that, that was there. It's going to be interesting to see if maybe he, where he goes. Right. What a perfect opportunity for him, you know, because it's somebody, if you pay attention to the bull club, you don't see a whole ton of him and an opportunity there for him to maybe make a, um, a push for maybe him to be, you know, he could have a bit of a swerve there or, or work an angle of where we can maybe see more of him. Cause I, I honestly haven't seen a whole lot of bad luck folly and I would, would like to, and a good chance for him to maybe get in there and maybe make his uh, play for, Hey, no, you know, I'm the leader of bullet club. Right. Uh, I mean, you could, but I, I think yeah. I think that they're really going to kind of be done with that whole who's the leader of Bullet Club thing now. Mm-hmm. I think they're hopefully they're going to be taking it into a different direction now because yes. that's it's been it's been done done and yeah. kind of beaten to the ground. Yeah, especially yeah. if things start crossing over into WWE now. So, all right. Well, I think a good way to end off here, Carl, is uh, you brought this to my attention. Actually, uh, a cool thing here before we start recording, we have a listener question this week. We do. Let me uh, find it here. I had a little bit more on that other topic, but we'll mm-hmm. go to the, uh, we'll save that for another time. So a listener question had come in and it says, do you think it's time they introduce a secondary women's title or a women's tag team title? Okay. Did you want to talk on this first or do you want me to get my opinion? Um, sure. I'll talk on it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think a women's tag team title would very much so benefit. Um, but you can't have two different tag team titles. No. With this, you really need to take it and make it into a women's tag team championship that is defended and worked on both shows. And I think it could really work because you have a lot of duos and not just an iconic duo, but you have a lot of duos in the women's division right now. You're looking first the iconic duos. Yep. Then you're looking, you've got, you know, the three women faction that that's going on with the riot squad, yep. right? You've got, uh, Mickey James and Alexa bliss. Mm-hmm. You've got Lana and Naomi, Naomi. Yes. And then, then you have all your women over in the UK as well. Yeah. Now too, right. You have Tony storm who is somebody that they really, really need to start making. I mean, just go Google Tony storm. And if you're WWE, you should just be looking at it and going, money signs like flashing on your eyes like cartoon style because i mean there's a girl who has absolutely the look and the ability and the character and everything that you would possibly want in a women's wrestler in wwe and they need to start making use of her now uh, the, but they're not going to <laughs> she's i mean she's essentially for the uk yeah is what she is i we're not going to see her on north america mm, for I, a while i hope that they do they find a way there's a big like i said big money maker for them if they use her properly you're right, yeah. there is. Yeah. But right now, they're trying to build the UK brand. Yeah. So why are you going to take the best thing that you've got in the women's division sure. in the UK and bring her over to North America where she's not going to be there to help build up that brand? True. That makes no sense. Yeah. Right? So build we'll her up and build up the UK brand. Yep. Let her be there for a year. Let her be there for a year and a half, whatever it's going to take. Mm-hmm. And then you can bring her over to North America yeah. and have her working for WWE. I could see them uh, maybe for Survivor Series, maybe making use of some of them to at least give people like a, a peek 
at them, right? So especially if they don't have the network, which like we know a lot of people recently have been canceling their network yeah. subscription. I mean, it's a uh, you know almost every kind of uh, wrestling site that you see. There's people talking about it. To, you know, as good and as good as NXT is, it's it it seemingly for some people doesn't seem to be enough to keep them in in it. So very true. You know, and as great as NXT is, people are still going, nope, we're out. You know, I'll go sign up for Bull Club or, or sorry for Honor Club, Honor Club or yeah. uh, or New Japan World. Because you just you get a much more streamlined product and uh, more of the focus on just the wrestling. And I can't say that I disagree when you say bring them over for like a Survivor Series or something like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely during a pay per view, bring them over. Yeah, let people see what talent there is that's being showcased on the WWE Network with NXT UK. Right, mm-hmm. like that's that's smart to do. Very but I I don't believe that we're going to see a full time. Tony Storm yet. No. So getting back to the original question here, mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on a secondary women's title in the WWE? I think it would definitely have to be the tag team title. Definitely no more singles WWE t- titles. You already have two of them and you have your, your NXT one. Three is more than enough. I think, you know, I think it should be trimmed down to two, just the, the main roster women's championship and then the NXT one, but a, a tag team title definitely but like I, I definitely agree with you. One, just one set yes. of tag team titles, not a SmackDown and a, and a Raw, because it's just going to water things down way too much again. It's just going to be like with with the men. So, you know, and hopefully they don't do that or you know go as far as having NXT women's take because frankly there's just not enough. Then you have too no, many titles. I mean, and everybody's going to have a title. Yeah, I mean, we're not even talking NXT. We're yeah. talking just the WWE main roster. roster. That's that's it. Right, NXT so. is its own thing we're not even worried about nxt so but with the amount of women that there are on the wwe main roster right now Mm -hmm. i think it's it's time and i think they could make it work yep and i think you build up something to culminate at wrestlemania if you want to go with that angle so you start some kind of tournament or uh, or whatever it is and i think uh, you build it up to that point and you can really showcase it at wrestlemania I know it's a little while to wait. Yeah, that's a long possibly, while. but I mean, you know, ideally, you know, that should be you know the the place to showcase these these big kind of things. Maybe Royal Rumble could be a, a good uh, spot, but I think uh, you know on one of the main pay per views is the place where you if you're going to crown women tag team champions, I think you do it at one of those moments. I, definitely on a pay per view would have to happen. <laughs> I don't think necessarily that it has to be at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. There's already so much different stuff that happens at WrestleMania that. Yeah. Really, I think it would just be overshadowed by other things that happen. Sure. So crowning something like that there, I don't think would work. But a Survivor Series. Yep. That could be a good Or spot. a Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 100%. I could see something like that crowning women tag team champions for the WWE at one of the, one of the bigger pay-per-views, but not Mania. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I, could, I could see that. You know, if you start crowding too much stuff into WrestleMania, it can kind of lessen some of those things. No, I, I see where you're going with that. I, I would definitely agree. All right. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap up here, Carl. Lots happening, you know, and mainly that, uh, you know, possibility of uh, bulk up stuff in WWE, you know, just has me excited just thinking about it. So as a possibility. So it, it 100% <laughs> it does. I mean, I'll give you guys a little insight in, into 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 my excitement for it. Um, I, I was I watched the uh New Japan Pro pay-per-view and I watched the main event between Cody and <laughs> Kenny and before they even came out to the ring yeah. 
I was literally shaking going, <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And like, I was so excited that I was like, I was as giddy as a schoolgirl. It was just because you know, you're going to get something good. Yeah. So now if we do see that come yeah. over to the WWE, I think I'll be very excited. Especially at, at, at WrestleMania, you know, to, to get that kind of feeling. And to be honest, for me, it's been a while since I've really had that feeling, you know, when it comes to those big WrestleMania, or sorry, <laughs> big WWE events. So just like you said, you know, those matches where you get like excited, like the goosebumps and the hair stands in the back of your head, you know, those kind of moments, you know. Or seem to be few and far between. I think the last time would have been when the Hardys came back at WrestleMania. Yeah, I had that moment of like, even when I still go back and watch that clip, that moment of you know, I just I get goosebumps just thinking about it right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's um uh, yeah, lots of exciting stuff going on, and hopefully some of this stuff kind of unfolds the way that we're hoping. Let's hope so. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good way to end off the episode here, Carl. So. We'll let you tell everybody about our social media and I'll let everybody know where they can listen to us. Definitely. Social media. You can find us on three different platforms. We're looking at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find us at JK Podcasts. All right. And to listen to the episode, of course, you can find us on Podbean, our main platform at the jnkpodcast.podbean.com, as well as... You can still find us on Google Play Music, but Google now has their own podcast app, and it's a very streamlined, very simple user interface there. Go check us out there, as well as on iTunes and on YouTube. And, of course, we are powered by the Roar Network. You can find us at thegrillposition.com there as well. So I think that's it for this time here, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Ciao. This is Hotshot Danny Duggan, leader of Team Jacked and Fanny Packed, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. This is the Top Gun Chase Brit, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast.